Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Technology Looks Good to Me. Tech LGTM with your hosts, Preet, Shashank and Amol. How are you guys doing? So guys, we were really excited. Uh, hey guys, yeah, Shashank said hi. And Amol also says hi. Uh, so, I mean, uh, we really enjoyed your feedback from the last few episodes that we got. And this time we're talking about a very interesting topic that has been making news uh, recently. Uh, SPAC. And I think we have uh, uh, two great people who can tell us a lot more about uh, SPAC and what, why is this making so much noise. And uh, without taking, uh, wasting too much time, let me invite Amol to just tell us about uh, why, what, what is a SPAC? Because this is kind of new to, to me also. So Amol, please take it away. Thanks, Pete. So basically, SPAC has been in the market for some good time, almost 30 years now, right? And SPAC stands for Special Purpose Acquisition Company. The goal of the SPAC is where few of the investors come together and pool their money, right? And the money gets logged for two years into an escrow. And the goal of this SPAC is to acquire a company and then take the company to the IPO in a very shorter timeline, right? And uh, this has increased, especially in last particular five to six years. To give you some numbers, um, last year itself, the total number of packs we had was close to 60. And today already by September, 60. yes, about 120 companies have gone through the SPAC route. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, so uh, this is, sounds very familiar to a traditional IPO, right guys? So am I missing something? What, what, is, the, what is the main difference then between a SPAC and IPO? I mean, there, there, there are quite a few differences there. Uh, I mean, by definition, SPAC is also an IPO, like the, the SPAC is a special purpose uh, acquisition company. They are formed and the, by definition, they go IPO uh, before they even have a company which they want to acquire. So it's, it's an acquisition vehicle. So let's talk about like, how, what's the general IPO process? Like if we talk yeah. about uh, a, a normal traditional IPO, so there's a lot of steps involved in that. Like, of course, you have to be in business for a certain amount of time. You're there, you are making some revenue, some kind of stuff is there. There's a lot of rules and regulation around it. So, I mean, first is you choose an IPO underwriter, like you choose a bank and everything, then you do due diligence on that. That's the most time consuming process uh, for the founders, for everybody involved in the IPO process, that due diligence, that includes the major part of that due diligence, in the end of the due diligence, what happens is like you file an S1 uh, underwriter underwritings. So you you do roadshows. Yeah, there's a, yeah, there's road a whole shows lot. After of... comes after that. Like once you yeah. do S1, uh, you file the S1 to SEC, which has okay. all the details about your business, your revenue, and all the things you have done. Done like how who owns how much shares, that kind of stuff. Like a lot of things are it's too detailed uh, stuff there. And then you go on the third step is like you go on the IPO roadshow. Then you, uh, after the roadshow, you see like what the uh, investor sentiment is around, like who's going to participate in this IPO because they do a lot of private placements there. And after that, you come up with an IPO price that this is my IPO price. So you can start with like X amount of money, but if you see the sentiment is too much and there's a lot of demand, then you, you generally jack up your IPO price. And then of course you pick up a date and you go really public on a, a one particular day. And that's when public can start buying stocks on that. And you can see uh, the underwriters can actually price the IPO based on whatever they think about. It's, uh, it's, it's not science, it's probably 
What some mathematics also involved, right? Like, uh, what is the interest, general interest? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the demand, market, yeah. simple demand and supply. The market yeah. works on that. Even if you have revenue or not revenue, doesn't matter. Demand and supply is the underlying market forces. Uh, put the price there. Coming back to S SPAC SPAC, they go through this route of IPO. They already pre-IPO. They IPO themselves as a shell company. So they are kind of a like uh, you might, guys might have heard about shell companies. So SPAC is almost like a shell company. They go IPO okay. uh, with a specific kind of fund that they want to raise X amount of money. Less for the sake of simplicity, I would say they are raising five hundred million dollars, and and there are a set of management people who actually form the SPAC and they are uh, they raise five hundred million dollars from the market as an IPO. So, okay, okay. Uh, so that, that's the basic basic difference. So, the if you look, they speeding up the due diligence because there's nothing to do due diligence because it's a fund. It's a it's a uh, they haven't not bought any company yet. So it's also called some. There's a term for that. So I'm buying. I'm buying into that fund. I'm not buying into any company yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Buying into the fund, and then that money gets locked for two years into the escrow, right? Yeah. And then, of course, there is a management fees involved, which is about close to two percent, um, and then two million additional. But then, <clears throat> the the main another uh, factor between the IPO and then also the SPAC is that the accredited investors, for example, can be part of the um, IPO, right? Uh, but that they they cannot be part of the uh, normal normal investors cannot be part of the ipo so amul uh, you uh, raised uh, you brought up a term and that is kind of interesting to me because uh, it would be helpful for uh, us to tell uh, our listeners what is an accredited investor what is like the high level definition of uh, who can become an accredited investor so by the sec standards the accredited investor is one who actually as an individual earns about close to 200000 right or as a household is earning more than 200,000 or have assets close to a million, right? And many okay. of the investors do not fall into that, right? For the obvious reasons. And they yeah. miss of these amazing deals in the startups. But SPAC, after actually even being a shell company or blanching chain company, immediately gets listed and they get listed at the standard price of $10 in the stock exchange, right? Okay, and got it. Most of the investors can then actually, common investors can start, start buying those stocks and then in the future, when it acquires a very good company, they have a chance yeah. to be part of that journey. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, if I am, uh, I can just use one of uh, uh, these companies would be listed on, or a SPAC would be listed on NYSC, and I would just go in and buy a $10 share for that particular SPAC. Yeah, and then depending the on the SPAC, uh, which company it decides to acquire, uh, that will totally, uh, I mean, the price would be determined based on who is uh, on the other side of this merger, right? In the end, from that, uh, that's what I got from uh, what you guys told me. A SPAC is a quick way to uh, to list a company in a lesser price initially, and then based on the merger happening with the company, that that might change. So lesser price, I would like to just uh, just for the audience to know, that's not probably they are not paying the big fees of IPO fees. So that's the lesser yeah. price. Like stock price doesn't matter actually. Like in the, the stock price could be based on, of course, demand and supply kind of stuff and the valuation of the business and everything will come into the picture. From $10 can go up and down. But as- No, a, I mean the listing price. The listing price uh, has to be, it cannot be more than 10 bucks, right? 
that's that's the one main thing with spac or is it the traditionally initially the spac used to be listed at five dollars or six dollars right okay but now, in the last five to six years the standard price has been around ten dollars but i think that's more of a industry uh amol correct me if i'm wrong like i think that ten dollars is like they want to simplify and standardized way of doing business so that it becomes easier to do it but i don't think there's a necessary rule saying that okay a spac has to be Perfect. priced at 10 that's right there's but they not... want to standardize the template this is like a template this is how it becomes simple simpler that's the whole goal of spac that they want to simplify the ipo process and got, the cal- it, got it calculations too <laughs> even yeah, yeah. Uh, calculations too of course so uh, so guys why are uh, spacs all of a sudden becoming so popular i mean uh, yes they have been there for since the 1960s there have there are a lot of companies that have used spac used the spac route but why all of a sudden in the last couple of years have they been uh, gaining popularity so i mean uh, one of you guys wants to uh, amol why don't you tell us like why why is this happening i think um, one person uh, chamath in particular has been driving this uh, spac from last few years right and then he introduces over the spac and uh, suddenly it has in got attention of a lot of vcs from the west coast earlier this pack was only the phenomenon of the traditional finance people in the east coast right and now a lot of big names like reed hoffman mark pinkel from the zenga uh, i mentioned about the shamat and now also um virgil galactic f- founder all those are actually creating their own spack right yep. so the route to be, uh, raising the fund and going public has decreased right and then also the amount of funding that is available to the founders and to the ipo has also decreased so that suddenly that has become a lucrative thing for both the big time investors and also the founders yeah so uh, why don't we actually listen yeah. like i have a video you uh, want to share i mean uh, people sure. on the podcast can listen to it like uh, why don't we hear from the guy itself like he was recently on cnbc and he was talking about like why he started this So let me. Is this uh, Chamath Shishan? Are you showing yeah. a video of Chamath? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just a second. Yeah. Sure. All right. Here is the video. I hope. Any people on podcast can listen to it. Do this with you guys. Uh, the news is that IPOB is merging with Open Door, and uh, Open Door will be going public. This is uh, the largest online consumer real estate business in the United States. It's doing something really incredible, and. what i wanted to do was take an opportunity to give the viewers a sort of behind the scenes look and how we decided to do this investment it's more than a billion dollars it includes ourselves as well as a bunch of very uh, well known other co-investors and so i think it's important first i wanted to just take a step back for you and talk about what this whole craze around spacs but specifically what my goals were with uh, ipo 2.0 The reality is that a lot of investors are really shut out from the growth that exists in Silicon Valley and tech businesses. But what I'm trying to do is really democratize that access, find these iconic businesses, help them get public, enable them to grow for long periods of time and really help build a legacy business because if we as investors can be a part of that, then we can basically share in those gains as well. So the setup is that. And so what we did was we started to look across a whole bunch of industries and one industry that jumped off the page was consumer real estate. So I'm going to start oh. there uh because he's going to talk about like uh, where he uh is investing Invest. in yeah. yeah. Uh But this is actually very uh, these are the exact points that you guys touched on, right? I mean this was exactly what Amol said that 
accredited investors get an opportunity to invest early on into the business, uh, yeah. right? And yeah. So let, let me compare uh, one thing, like uh, like the VC industry versus pack. Like why you uh, what's the difference there? Like why why SPAC is suddenly gaining so much popularity while VC industry was there and they can actually invest in uh, startups and this. Started uh, is this? Uh, are you doing this comparison because you're looking at uh, Chamath's uh, whole career progression of yeah. actually him becoming a VC and then going uh, the SPAC route? Is that is that yeah. what you're Definitely. Like if you look at his, uh, like he started his career in Facebook, he made a lot of money there. Uh, and then he started, worked in a couple of VC firms. He probably found his own firm. And mm-hmm. he invested in a lot of companies, made good decisions, good investments and uh, in, uh, these uh, Good number of companies and there's a there's a progression like he he has seen i i believe that like uh, that he has seen a lot of inefficiencies in that space and he thinks like spac is the next big thing uh, and that's why he's moving towards more and more uh, spac and he's making it very very popular uh let's if i in a quick recap of like how the vc industry works we see vc industry works on there like generally two players in that uh, a GP, general partner, and a LP, which is limited partner. So LPs are actually putting the majority amount of money in, in a particular fund. So a VC firm goes out and raises money from the LP. And generally the fund uh, life is for 10 years. And and these GPs uh, who, who work for the VC firm, they, they are the one who decide where the money will go and how the money uh, investment will happen. Yep. And the LPs are waiting for 10 years to make a return on it. Generally, after 10 years, they have, they have the legal rights to actually ask for the, to the VC firm that where is my money? Do you have to give my money back uh, with whatever the profit and if there's loss, whatever it is. Uh, so fund dilutes, uh, liquidates actually, not dilutes, uh, liquidates at the end of 10 years. But you can take extensions and everything that depends on like a number of uh, yeah, 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 yeah. they can come back with. So there's no quick returns there. Your, your fund is locked up for 10 years. Uh, VCs invest in like uh, multiple companies, of course, and that's how your thing happens. Like these LPs own portion of each of the company where the VC firms are actually investing. And of course, to participate in these kind of investment vehicles, you have to, as Amul rightly said, you have to be an accredited investor. So you have to have X amount of uh, assets or X amount of money, like 200,000 or 250,000 or more a year you're making as an individual or there are some, like I don't yeah, put yeah. on the rules there, go on SEC and find the rules there uh, that either you're qualified or not. But majority of the, I mean, majority of the people are of course not because the, the average income in America is like way less than to become an aggregated investor. But you, as an average American, you can actually buy stocks. Even if you have $10 to invest, you can buy stocks. You don't have to qualify Absolutely. for that. And that's what like SPAC is actually a very game changer because let's say, uh, let's take an example of Uber. Like you, me and everyone, uh, all three of us probably started using Uber long before it went IPO. And we all saw the value of it. We all had discussions about it. Like why Uber is going to be, it's going to take more over the market. Like you don't have to be rocket scientist or a genius to see that Uber is the next big thing. Could I participate? No. In that? I was not able to participate in that. Yeah, I think that's a very good example yeah. because Uber and like that, many other interesting companies, many of the investors, common investors are not able to participate until the IPO happens. Yeah. And then in many of these uh, VCs give a lot of pressure to these 
right companies to actually go for IPO route. And that takes longer and their funds become logged for about eight to 10 years, right? Until the IPO happens. SPAC is one vehicle where actually the returns happen almost in two years. And if the return does not happen in two years, then money logged in those escrow comes back to the investors. Yeah. But I'm only hearing good things about uh, uh, SPAC, guys. Are you, is, is it uh, green always on uh, both sides? Uh, is there no downside to a SPAC? Because otherwise, there would be no IPOs, right? There would uh, traditional IPOs. There would be only SPACs. So I'm sure there's uh, something going on that is limiting people from doing these more often. W what are the risk factors? Great question, right? So one of the risk factors that we see is that um, when the normal IPO route happens, then a lot of due diligence happen, right? And we saw that with the WeWork also, when they filed for the S1, then a lot of traders found some hole in their financials, right? Eventually they have to step back and they did not do their IPO, right? Yeah. But in case of the SPAC, the due diligence only relies on those uh, fund managers, right? And then we saw the case with the Nicola just now in last yeah. two this, mm -hmm. uh, the the they go through, went through this pack route and did the IPO, right? Stock went to from 10 to 14. And just last week, it went back to 19 because uh, there are some speculation that their um, truck was actually uh, not self-driving, but rolling on the... <laughs> Oh, oh, genius. I mean, of course you do a truck demo or driving and you put it down, uh, downhill. <laughs> no, that was, a, that was a stock going downhill. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so in the pack, basically when the deal happens, there, there's another uh, investor who can join the deal as, as a pipe deal, right? So GM was also involved in the case of the Nicola. And now a lot of questions are asked to the GM also, right? Why they invested as well. Um, when something like this happens, we will see in the future, most of the companies will, or some of the companies will actually fudge their numbers to return the value to the investors as soon as possible through the SPAC. Um, that is inevitable. I think like more and more, uh, uh, like, like there are definitely advantages of SPAC we, we talked about and uh, more and more company will start looking at SPAC route because as a founder, like uh, ourselves, we, we are entrepreneurs and we, if you ask me, do I want to make my product or do I want to do six months of IPO process? Uh, I want to focus on my product actually. And then if there's an existing SPAC who wants to actually invest in us or reverse merge and we become public, I think that's that's uh, a dream for the founder actually. Now I'm totally focused on the co company growth, revenue and everything, not wasting six months because six months is a huge period of time actually where you're actually just focused on IPO stuff. Sometimes it can take more than six months to a year actually in the whole IPO process. Absolutely. For founders, I think Shishak, you're absolutely correct, right? For founders, it kind of makes sense because if, if I'm going back to Amol's example, like of WeWork, if WeWork traditionally, it did not go the traditional IPO listing route and it tried to go through a SPAC route if that was an option, but that would have been kind of a fraud, right? Because the financial was so messed up and yeah. we would have ended up getting something uh, that was basically a hoax. So definitely, yeah, definitely. That, that risk will always be there. I think what is going to happen in next, that's again, I guess, like uh, SEC generally follows. Like we have been, we pre you and we have worked for the banks. We know that how SEC kind of, not exactly like how SEC works, but we know they see a lot of interest in certain kind of vehicles of instrument, uh, investment vehicle. 
and then yeah. we start formalizing rules around it they see couple yeah, yeah. of cards happening couple of uh, couple of uh, things happening and then they will start tightening it up so that's what is going to happen in the next few years i am sure scc will come out with certain guidelines on like this is what exactly you have to do that brings me to one point like uh, before we end up like uh, amol do you remember like uh, you did a lot of icos uh, like help some companies to do icos like uh, and let, can you tell audiences about like the power of SEC, like what they can do, even if you are not actually doing IP or listing your shares? Yeah, because PAC actually completely uh, shows me what's going to happen in the future based on what happened with the ICOs, right? Because ICOs was simply, a lot of companies did go, went through the ICO route. They did not talk to the SEC, just launched the cryptocurrency. And then SEC, after even two or three years after launching the, the cryptocurrency, SEC went after those companies and yep. those companies had to actually pay the fine or return the back the money to the investors, right? Mm -hmm. Same thing, I do see that it might happen with this pack also, not at that level, but to some extent. Yeah. And especially with the case of the Nicola, right? When this issue happened in last two months, just last week, Jake Clayton from the SEC, he made a statement that um, there will be more scrutiny and there will be more regulations on this pack. So when a particular fund managers, they said say that they are going to acquire this company, they have to show and and look into a lot of financials and submit into the SEC before they actually the deal or merger happens. So that's a good thing. We need more kind of regulations in this so that less fraud happens. Yeah. Other example I can see is that uh, with the case of the Rutherford Ventures, uh, which happened about three years ago, um, the fund was actually misused. Um, and that is a traditional VC route, right? Traditional yeah. VC fund. And then SEC went after them and then he has to pay, the founder of that VC fund had to pay 30 million as a basically uh, money back, right, to the SEC. So um, there's no way around it. SEC will go out after so that. So SEC is protecting us. That's what we're getting at. Like yeah. whether it's VC, it's private money, or it's the IPO route, or it's a SPAC. So SEC is there, and everybody has to abide by those guidelines, right? So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the, also what Amul said, is like, just reiterate, like, just because you think that you can do flout around the gray areas somewhere, SEC can come back after two years or three years also and see like, okay, you did something wrong there. You flouted these rules and uh, now you have to pay back or you will be fine or even they can do criminal proceedings against you if you do investor oh. cards. Interesting. Yeah, cool. So this was a, actually a pretty uh, uh, informational episode for me actually. Uh, there were a lot of things that were pretty interesting in these, uh, what we talked about. Uh, Anything else that you guys would want to add before we want uh, we say goodbye? Yeah, I think there was one one last thing I want to ask. Uh, Amol was mentioning something like uh, there's another uh, could be a next podcast topic. I just want to give a teaser to our audience. Oh yeah, yeah. Of that course, uh, yeah. there's another new kind of uh, investment vehicle, or oh, I don't know that, that that's the right word or not. Amol, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, there are two things which is happening in the VC world again. One is the rolling funds. I think we should cover one more topic on the rolling funds. It's something that oh. is very famous. Second yeah. thing is, just last month, um, from the Eric Rice, long-term stock exchange has been launched, right? So goal of that particular stock exchange is to um, list the companies where they do not have to show the financials every single quarter. But I don't want to speak too much about that. We can no, actually- we'll keep it for yeah. uh, the next episode. Yeah. We'll keep it for the next one. Great. So guys, this is a wrap up for today. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe uh, our channel. Check out our YouTube video, uh, channel if you want to, uh, because we shared a video also of uh, Jamath actually telling us about 
it's packed. So it would be pretty neat if you want to check that out. Uh, Tech LGTM is Achan's name uh, all across major platforms. Uh, social media and it's the same on all leading podcasts also yeah so all right guys see you guys until next week bye bye